Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. Zach working. Zach, I have a question. I know, I know. How in the world are you? Chad, I'm doing pretty great. No, 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 no. No, no, no. This is... Meaningful oh, deep real question, question. Okay. today. Yes. How do you feel about pimento cheese sandwiches? <laughs> like generally or? <laughs> like as, as a whole, <laughs> pimento cheese sandwiches. Are you for like or in against? the buffet? <laughs> in the buffet of life, what are my like? What- Hold on. What you say here will determine our friendship oh level from here on out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on record, I well, hold on, wait, 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 wait. What kind of pimento cheese are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, quality pimento cheese? <laughs> well, not, like, warm pimento <laughs> or cheese. Or, like, orange sandwich spread. Because sometimes you can go to the store and they'll have something labeled as pimento cheese, but it is, like, literally orange sandwich spread. <laughs> My answer to you, Chad Higgins, is if it is legitimate and quality... Uh, and maybe even fresh pimento cheese. I am a hundred percent for it. It might even be one of my top five sandwiches. I, this is this is how I knew we were friends. Zach. <laughs> I'm a big pimento cheese sandwich. Are you fan. really? You like like <laughs> yeah? Like you have pimento cheese on the regular? Well, I don't know if it's on the regular. Like I got to be in the mood for yeah, it, yeah. right? But when that mood comes, man, like you I need it. It's like my obsession. <laughs> With Long John Silvers, like once a year, I have this craving for Long John Silvers that like has to be met, right? Like I'm like, I've got to have it now, stat, in the ready it's quick. like the tide is rolled in. And then immediately, <laughs> right, and then immediately after I eat it, I swear to myself that I'll never eat For Long 364 more days, I will never eat this again. <laughs> Yeah, but then once a year, man, it hits me. It hits me strong. Do you set your clock by it? Do you just know, like, hey, Martha, it must be April again because I'm feeling that craving? <laughs> uh, it comes at okay. different times, okay. you know, but when it comes, there's no oh, doubt about gosh. it. There is no well, doubt about it. You can set the moon and the tide and Chad's Long John Silver eating habits as cycles to measure your <laughs> year. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, – that's one of the few fast foods that you'll sweat it out. That's you know right, what I mean? Right. You don't. It has a different way of exiting your body. That's right. That's right. 
Uh, gross, Chad. Thanks for starting off this brand new year of 2017 for episode 62 of After Nine by reminding us how delicious pimento cheese is and how questionable the exit strategy of Long John Silver's is. Really, any fast food fish joint in like the mainland continental U.S. Right? Like, if you're living in an area that only has like freshwater lakes, can you really trust the quality of the seafood that they're serving up fresh at the fast food joints? I don't know. Maybe that's being an Okie. Who knows? Uh, Chad, what do we got today uh, on After 9, asking questions about youth ministry in the most honest form? Uh, what are we talking about? What are we doing? So today we are going to uh, we're going to dive into a subject that um, I think for each of us, this is such an important question. And I think it's one that many people are asking in a lot of different ways. And, and we're going to boil it down to this and ask this question. How do I get the most out of my youth okay. leaders? And so maybe that's your after nine question for today, right? As you are uh, leaving on a Wednesday night and all of these thoughts are going through your head, maybe for you tonight, it was, how come none of my leaders right. showed up <laughs> or how come they all stood in the back? Nobody did anything. They didn't engage with students, all of these stuff, these frustrations that we may have. And so we want to talk about some real practical tips of how to engage them, right? Maybe these feelings of frustration that we have, where this coming from, all of those kind of things. Um, on our after nine question. Oh, man, that's good. Because here's the thing. No matter what size of youth ministry you're in, whether you've got 12 or 1,200 students, there is somebody else you need to help make it happen, right? Like youth ministry is not a task to be done alone. And so whether you've got a volunteer crew of one or a hundred, there should be, there needs to be a growing number of people around you participating in the task of youth ministry. And Chad, I, I would even start the top off the episode today by saying that this is probably one of the most important tasks as a kind of youth director, pastor person, like the difference for, I think a lot of successful or effective or growing youth ministries is the capacity of the leader to recruit, train, equip, and mobilize um, adult volunteer leaders um, to be about the task, right? Like this is the way that we can, you know, be effective and multiply and make disciples is by bringing other folks into the task and charging them to be about the good work, right? Like there is just, because there's a limit, right? There's a limit. There's a capacity relationally on how much you can do. And so really what you have to think about is who can I bring around me that can help double and replicate and, and triplicate the things that we're trying to be about. And so again, an essential, essential task and so important in this first of the year to think not just about like what I'm doing, but how do I maximize these essential people to the ministry? And, and honestly, I think that this this whole topic is where many frustrations in youth ministry yes. comes from, right? <laughs> like, and even like this own self-frustration, right? Like of this, just this feeling of, you know, when, when our adult leaders aren't like living up to this expectation, they're not doing what we want them to do. Um, I mean, I talked to so many youth leaders that feel um, like, oh, like I, I'm not good as a youth minister uh, because yes, of these yes, things, yes. right? And, and we have these, um, man, just these down moments or these moments of just utter frustration that nobody else cares about the youth yeah. in this church, right? And it brings us to this place of, of a very unhealthy heart, um, not only towards our adult leaders, but really to our entire church, right? And then that trickles into our students. And then uh, before we know it, we've got a resume out on every different youth ministry website. Start out the there, vicious right? cycle all over again. <laughs> 
it's true, man. Like it's one of those like this is like the source of either the greatest joy or the greatest frustration because these are your daily like these are your like co-laborers in many way. Like maybe they're not your like staff colleagues, but these are the people that you are like depending on, and you're really asking a lot of them as you know in in, in what makes the ministry function and run and succeed. And so I think Chad, if you could maybe guide us through today. Um, what are some things that we can be thinking about? Give us some categories, some parameters to not just have people around helping and volunteering, but to maximize what we want out of them and how to get the most out of them. So I think we're going to go back and forth on this, right? Um, because I think this episode, uh, if you're an After Nine listener, a lot of times, you know, we, we love to, to unpack the kind of the emotional, the spiritual kind of aspect. On this today's episode, we're going to just rapid fire at you a lot of different ideas of, of practical tips for you. And so the first one that I want to give you today is this. Work with your leaders. Don't That's use good. them. And and I think that um, I think for many youth ministers, we can fall into this trap, and we not even realize it, right? That we'll see our volunteer leaders as part of this cog of this ministry that we see as ours. Right. And then they're either doing their job or they're not doing their job. I, I think a lot of the ways that our society um, structures work and the process of that is probably why we fall into this thinking. Right. We see ourselves as the manager or the boss and we see our volunteer leaders as the employees or the workers. And so they're either meeting the expectation or they're not meeting the expectation. Um, and, and then we evaluate them on that sense instead of seeing this as this family or body structure that each of us have a different role um, and and they're valued equally with us in this process. While God has called you to this leadership role, um, it's no more important than any other part of the body. And so when we start seeing our leaders in that sense, right, that it's no longer, okay, you're supposed to do this task, um, but it, it's them seeing us in a way that we value what they're doing, we value their time, all of these kind of things, um, and they're coming alongside of us doing ministry, and we're coming alongside of yeah. them doing ministry. That's good. For many of these leaders, they've been at this church much longer than you have, right? right? And and oftentimes we're coming in as a new youth minister and we're talking to volunteer leaders that for many of them have spent years and years volunteering in student ministry and we're going to immediately come in and want to change things. And sometimes change is valuable and good. I'll be the first proponent of change always. Um, but I think it's important that they see um, this structure, this unity that you're providing and that you value. Oh, and that's good. And I, and I think, again, like you're, you're naming it in a way that sometimes we, get, we fall into the same traps, right? Like we think that like, I need this cog for this machine. And so Chad, if I could just maybe like echo or piggyback on some of the things that you're saying. And so my number one on the, I had on my list was unleash their passion. Like if you have a volunteer yeah. that's serving in a way that they really care about, they will never miss and they will never sit at the back, right? Right. Like if you if you are asking for people to be security and they hate being security because all they want to do is teach, then you better find a way to unleash their passion for teaching. Like we have zero leverage. So an old saying in management philosophy theory stuff is volunteering is the hardest form of governance because you have zero leverage. Right. Like there's no paycheck to withhold. There's no raise to give. There's not really a promotion to offer. 
all we can operate in is the currency of passion. And as soon as that passion and motivation evaporates, it's going to be out of guilt and obligation. And I don't know about you, Chad, but having volunteers around that are there because they feel guilty about it or obligated to do it, not quality people. <laughs> That's just fun for everyone, Zach, right? Just – Dread. I mean, this, this, Dread is the thing that you want to feel on a Wednesday night. When I mean, you this is in. like if you were like, hey, Zach and Chad, you should run with the cross country team because I know you really love students. And we would look and say, we're like, we hate running and we would only do that because we were obligated to, not because we want to. And so you could find right. a way. And again, this, this takes the creativity. This takes like your kind of like thinking about the ways in which your, your structures are set up. And yeah, you need to have people that are making sure that your students are secure. You need to have people that are making sure that like groups are being well led, but you may be surprised and you need to give space and maybe even like questionnaires or surveys, find the ways in which people really, really want to serve and then help shape the experience for them to be unleashed. Because if they love what they're doing, you won't have to ask them to be there. You'll have to ask them to sit still. So again, unleash their passion because they want to serve. You just got to find the way. No, that's good, man. You know, I've always thought of that principle as not trying to like shove a square block right. into, <laughs> um, into a round hole. Um, and, and I've seen that so many times uh, in, in years of ministry. And, and I think a lot of times we end up putting leaders in spots because we feel like we have needs, yeah. right? That like have to be met in that moment. And so you just like, you're just, sometimes you're grabbing for like a warm right, body, right. right? You're just like, I need you to be here because we don't have anybody there. Um, but what I found is if I'm patient and I'm finding people's gifts and I'm trying to put them in the best spot, even if I'm having to create a new spot, then it creates a healthier, more fun ministry for everyone, which then in turns brings other and better That's leaders. Good. One of the best recruiting tools you will ever have is happy. That's leaders, so true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you have leaders that are enjoying serving in your ministry, they're getting a lot of it, a lot out of it. They're going to breed more yeah. leaders. And one of your best tools is looking at your great leaders going, Hey, I need more of yes. you. Where's okay? the, where, where Not the necessarily more, of, more you. of your time? <laughs> I need you to replicate yourself. And here's what's awesome. Those people have they friends do. and, and here's the win, win when your leaders start serving with their friends, it becomes even more yes. fun, right? And two becomes eight really, really fast in true. that in that scenario. And and so we want to create these cultures where leaders are enjoying being there. Um, because if your leaders are enjoying being there, your students are gonna be enjoy That's being so good. there. Well and okay, can I can I share a little like a little story from like a true life story? Yeah. So we we changed kind of our camp destination a couple summers ago. And so I was really nervous because the legacy was like over 13 years of going to this one camp destination. And the place that we changed to was uh, – it was a place that like a lot of my adults grew up going to, but maybe it was kind of not as well known to our students. Well, a couple of the couples, like the kind of parent age couples that help and volunteer in my ministry found out we were going and were super excited for the nostalgia and the return from year one to now year three. 
I went from having like 12 helpers at camp to I think this year I'm going to have over 30 sponsors because it has spread like wildfire of how much fun camp is and how much of a fun and exciting environment it is for them as well as the students. Like there is no guilt or shame about asking someone to come spend a week with us at camp because we work really hard and then our leaders have as much fun, if not more than our kiddos. And so it's just, again, like if you get your leaders hooked, bought in and super excited about what's going on, they will do a lot of that hard work of recruiting for you. No, I was, I would, I got to see camp you did, you did. <laughs> last year and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, your leaders, I think you could have sent the kids home and they're like, that's cool. We'll stay here for a few We're just going to hang out. <laughs> Dude, having leaders happy at camp is the best part of camp. Just bottom line. Bottom. Sure. Uh, my next one is clear expectation and follow up. Okay. Um, you know, I think that this one is we kind of like partially do this. Okay. Um, I think in, in a lot of senses in that we will we'll have like sort of an expectation for their leaders. And then there's a lot of assumption, yeah. right? It's like, we want you to be a small group leader. Okay. Right. And it's like, what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what, what are, what are you looking for? All of those kind of things, you know, and for some people, for some people, they like to fly by the seat of their pants, right? You tell them, Hey, I want you to be a small group leader. You're going to be in this room. Here are these students. They're like, great, ready to go Yeah. for, for some leaders. Um, they, they want that. Like, here is what I'm expecting from you on a piece of paper. Like, um, here's what a great small group leader looks like. Um, here are all the ins and outs. Here's how to get trained, resourced, all that kind of stuff. And so when we do a good job on the front end, right, of setting the stage for the leaders of them understanding this is what success looks like for you, yeah. then they know what, what to step up to, what the expectation is. And, and then one, the, the big part is they know how to succeed. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and it's not just this like in the dark blind, like I don't know how to relate to a seventh grade student anymore. Right. Um, but we give them some practical steps like, hey, this is what it's going to look like for you for the first three months. This is what it's going to look like you for, for the next six months. W- one of my um, things that I would always do with any new leader is the first six months that they were in my student ministry, they shadowed a leader that I saw as just like knocking it out of the park. Okay. Um, because what that allowed them to do is my best and brightest trained um, my new leaders, right? I want them to see firsthand, this is what a great leader looks like. And so I want to put them in there. I want to put them in their room. Um, I want them to see them in and out. And then I'm encouraging that that veteran leader, hey, give them opportunity to lead, let them get their feet wet, all of those kind of things. And then we would do follow-up. The follow-up part is so important in each of those steps. Um, because that allows us to answer questions, to change bad habits at that point. And we're not just waiting a year down the road until it's just snowballed out of, um, control. And then that person is going, well, nobody ever told me anything, right? You're just praying they get a job change and they have to move, right? Like that's that's (laughs) not a healthy place to be in where you're like, I really just hope that maybe they'll consider like, teaching like younger students and moving back into children's ministry. Like that's, 
that's not good pastoring, man. Like you need to yeah, help, help them, help you help them. Right. Come on. Yeah. If you're talking about how great the other church down the street is, <laughs> yes, uh, you're like, you know, the Methodist church, they've got a lot of really good things going on. Well, you right know, I hear now. the Presbyterians yeah. are actually hiring their small group leaders. <laughs> I've put your name in the hat. Yeah, that's that's not a winning move, man. And so if I can just like just add like my number two is almost exactly the same as yours, Chad. And that's just defining expectations from the get go. Then you can go get success. And I, I guess the way maybe I would like just add to yours a little bit is that if you don't have kind of like a defined season, either like by semester or by calendar year or by school year, I would encourage you to pause right now in your ministry and do a quick email, phone call, check down your list of volunteers and just ask a simple question. Hey, are you still with me? You still in it? <laughs> and give them that moment that and that full moment of do they have the chance to back out? Do they have the chance to re-up? Do they have the chance to rethink what role they're in? Because you might be really surprised because some of your leaders may not want to be done, but they may want to move into a different area and they don't know how to do that until they're asked or until they leave. And so don't wait around for them to be so disgruntled, so frustrated that you never got to find out that they actually do a really good job of this instead of that, that thing you were having them do. Uh, and the only way you can know that is to ask that and make space for that. So if you don't have defined seasons, I mean, if you want to write volunteer leadership contracts, that's fine. That's a, that's a way to do that. But you need to have some open dialogue with everybody that's volunteering to make sure that they still want to do it. They have a clear exit path or they have a chance to move around in what's going on in the ministry because they might be really excited by something that's new or different or to try something that's totally unheard of and innovative that you didn't even know they wanted to do. You know, and while you know me or you or any of our listeners we've we've never experienced that we've never experienced <laughs> this what i'm about to say okay N none of us ever have right um but i've heard of other ministries that sometimes they get a leader that is just n not not quite all there okay right <laughs> <laughs> may not be the best leader for the situation um, and, and if that's the case, right, those specific time frames gives you as the leader the opportunity to step in and say, hey, I, I don't know that this is the best fit. I, I do think that there's another place in our church that would be a great fit for you, right? And helping them find that better place. And that goes back to what we, we first talked about, uh, finding where they're really gifted at. Yeah. You know, I've met some great leaders that were horrible youth ministry leaders, but they killed it in some different areas of our church. And, and so helping them find that area doesn't mean that they're broken. It just doesn't mean that it's the right fit. Sure. And so we, we want to help that to, um, to make our ministry healthy, but the overall church ministry healthy as well. I, I was pretty sure you were going to end that by saying, and that Zach is why we don't want you to lead the small groups anymore. <laughs> We've already gone over that in our evaluations, Zach. So. That's right. So sorry, we'll catch up on a later episode. But in an earlier episode, Chad revealed to everybody my propensity to be a terrible small group leader. But we're working through it. We're working through it. <laughs> Which is why – Hey, don't be something you're not, man. That's right, man. Don't masquerade. Uh, so what, what is your number three? So we want expectations that will guide us to success. But what is your number three on the list? My number three is going to come to us after the break. Are okay. we cool with that? Yeah, we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back for number three and number four on how to maximize your volunteers on episode 62 of After Night. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to After 9. Chad and I have been talking, and we just value you so much as a community that we want to give you a special deal. If you go to youthministrybooster.com and pick any of the booster packs at the checkout, enter After 9 and save 5 bucks on any of the amazing booster packs that we have to offer. Youthministrybooster.com. Pick a booster pack. Promo code After 9. Thank you for your listenership, the community that you provide, the tweets you send, the emails you write, and for all the amazing work you do in youth ministry. Hey everybody, welcome back to After 9, episode 62, hanging out with my buddy Chad Higgins. My name is Zach Workin, and we're talking about maximizing volunteers on the front half of the episode. We talked about two of the four things that we were going to offer you. Chad, hit us with number three on how to maximize volunteers. So this one, this one sounds um, like one of those pieces of advice that you get that you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> And the longer you're in ministry, I think the more true you know this to be. Okay. Is the relationship that you model with your adult leaders is the relationship that they will have with the students. Okay. And so I think to get the most out of our leaders, we have to understand that the role that we have with these leaders is vital in how they carry out the ministry that they have to the students. That's good. And so um, when we start to think about it that way, we understand how important it is um, to, to hang out with our leaders at times, right? Yeah. To, to have these fun experiences with our leaders, um, to, to follow up with our leaders, to see how they are spiritually. This goes back a little bit to this, um, not just like using our leaders, but when your leaders know that you care for them, um, man, they are so much more likely um, to engage better with students. And you model that, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're wanting your leaders um, to be writing, you know, cards to your students, then you need to write cards yeah. to your leaders. That's true. Um, if you're wanting them to show up. Um, outside of church in the lives of these students, then you've got to show up outside of church in the lives of your leaders in different ways. And so, um, you know, this may seem like this big task for us, but but the more and more we can see this like um, uh, structure of our own ministry, that we understand that this is truly, truly important for the health of our ministry to be spending time um, with our leaders. You know, I, I, I'll be honest. I think that many youth ministers spend so much time with students um, that they're even neglecting time with their leaders. And yeah. I think to be an effective minister, especially of a larger student ministry or as your student ministry grows, you have to um, start to shift your structure and the way that you do ministry that you're pouring into leaders that can then invest into students better and better. And your capacity as a leader um, continues to expand. Um, the the best way to minister to a large group of students is to minister to a group of small leaders 
um, much, much better. And so we've got to get um, that in our mindset in um, the way to minister to students better is to minister to their leaders. And so finding ways to engage your leaders in that way, uh, not in just the fun ways, but in the, the deep spiritual ways, right, as well, that we're having those conversations with our leaders, that we're, um, we're pushing them in that area of their own life, right? I mean, how often, when was the last time that you talked to one of your leaders um, about scripture that wasn't involved in their small group lesson, yeah. right? And, and I think that that's just good practice for us, um, that as we think on that level and, and that we're having those conversations with our leaders. You know, this this is, I think, when we talk to youth pastors, when the people, you know, send us emails or phone calls or tweets, like, like the defining difference between a youth minister that seems to be stuck, uh, a youth minister that seems to, like, lament, like, where they're at and whatever kind of, like, size or number or capacity, like, the kind of turnaround or catalyzing difference is the turn towards ministering towards those that minister to youth. Like, we, we talked about it in one of the very first episodes, and I'll post it in the show note links, but I, I think it was, like, episode like maybe like two or three and it's that move from being youth ministry mascot to youth ministry manager like you know the again we, talk, we always talk to our 20 year old selves and i think about young zach or young chad that just wanted to be funny and be the cut up and be the cool older brother that was just like loving the youth and being the minister and teaching them the bible but really at the end of the day the growth for both the minister and the ministry came when they saw themselves as learning to to manage leaders and grow leaders to be the caretakers, the mascots, um, the, the mature, thoughtful, disciple-making leaders that they wanted them to be. And I think that is like a fundamental um, paradigmatic shift that we've just got to make. And I, if you're listening to this and you can't remember the last time that you hung out with your adult leaders for a coffee or for uh, a meal, if, if you can't remember the last time you had a fellowship that was just for your leaders – Make that your first quarter goal for 2017. Have a pizza party and play youth ministry games with people that are over 19 that love youth ministry. I guarantee it will revitalize your leadership structure by having some good old-fashioned fun with those that love students but maybe wish there wasn't always students around. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I give you an instant where I think that this, this principle um, is – is very noticeable. Yeah. Um, but it's often like failed, okay. if that makes sense. For sure. Um, you know, I think for a lot of, uh, youth ministers, we have like, um, youth, youth ministry meetings or whatever, and our leaders won't show up to them. Right. Like yeah. they're just absent from them. Like, nah, um, I'm good. <laughs> and, and then we get super upset with our leaders. Yeah. Right. And we may not even say it to their face, but right in our heart, and our mind, we're just like, oh, where was so-and-so? You know what I mean? Now, I ask myself the question, if I had a volunteer leader that a student didn't show up to something, yeah, how would I want that leader to handle that situation, yeah. right? And it's probably not with a heart of frustration and anger that that student wasn't there, right? Um, but with love, compassion, right? Understanding, willingness to like reach out and just be like, hey, how are things going, right? That you care about them and where they're at and to make sure that they haven't fallen through the cracks or anything like that. But I think oftentimes like our, 
and if we're going to be real honest and examine our heart here, we have these frustration moments because we see our success as a minister in how many of our leaders show up to these meetings and yeah. how we're knocking it out of the park and all the kind of stuff. And so I think at a much deeper level, we're probably just really frustrated um, with ourself in some ways, and then we're going to project that onto them. And um, and so I think that we've got to we've got to get to this place of just such care for our leaders um, and empathy and and understanding that they're busy, right? Yeah. And they've got so many different things going on, and and we want to um, create a structure and a, and a ministry that serves them as much as it serves. Uh, the students. And, and so I think that that's, we've got to be mindful in, in those kind of things. Well, and a care, careful side note is um, if your church is like my church and you're listening to this, to be a youth ministry leader, if you're an adult, means you're probably giving up some valuable time to be invested in an adult small group, life group, community group. Like you are choosing youth ministry over and against uh, the better kind of part or program of your church's discipleship for adults. And so that means we've got to find ways to encourage, nurture, and feed our adult leaders as much as our students need, right? Like yeah. we, the better, the better <laughs> read and prayed up and thoughtful and discerning our adult leaders are, the better success and effectiveness our youth ministry. And if you've got leaders that are running on fumes from you know serving for the last six years faithfully in youth ministry, it may feel like the same old, same old. And so find a way to nurture them because they're the ones that were helping you nurture the young people, man. Like that's so good. Uh, and, it's, and that really, Chad, that's, that's what I had for my three. I said make space um, so you can add value. And I think that we've got to find ways um, to open up you know, this like steadfastness of like every week we've got to do this to mix it up just enough to really connect uh, with our leaders in new ways. We've got to find the time. We've got to find the space to really have to do it a little differently. You, you you will not get anything different until you do it a little differently. That very much leads into my final one. And these kind of go together. Um, and there, there's a saying that I've always known to be true. It's until your leaders know how much you value their time, they're not going to give you any more of it. Mm. I, I think that when our leaders know that we value them uh, and their time, then they're going to be willing to to make that sacrifice. Um, when we're calling them to like meetings just to have a meeting, right? Yeah. Because we know that we're supposed to have a meeting every quarter. That's right. That's just what we do here, you know? Um, and then we get there and we're going to tell them stuff that we could have done just in an email. Sure. Right? Um, that it, it's not going to be valuable to them. And, and their time's valuable. Who they are is valuable. Um, and, and to go along with that, we have to celebrate our leaders. Yeah. Like we've got to champion them more than anything. Like their students in their small group should hear you talking about how phenomenal their leader is all the time. Like they should almost get tired of it, of you telling them how much you think of their leader and all these great things and how much they mean to you in their life. Right. And you get to have that conversation um, with these students and allow them to chirp in on that. Right. When, when a leader is um, doing a phenomenal job and they're investing in these students lives that you are echoing what their students are saying, that you're echoing what their parents are saying and that you're searching for those stories to share with those leaders that you value them, that they're important. 
And even just the simple, like every once in a while, as you're both like locking up the building and heading out to stop there for a moment and look into somebody's eye and tell them how thankful you are that they're there. Right. We probably don't say to our leaders near enough how thankful we are for them. It's true. How much they mean, not only, not just as a leader, but like them as an individual to you and your life, how thankful you are to uh, for them um, and, and just to be on a team with them. And so when your leaders are hearing those kind of things from you, the expectations, the job, the sitting in a room with a closed door with a seventh grade group of boys doesn't seem near as bad. Yeah. And, and so we've, we've got to let them know that we value them. That's good, man. Chad, I think I, I would just end the podcast today with my final one as just a keen reminder. You should expect restlessness. You are always going to need more leaders. Just hear it today, listening to this podcast, making your plans, designing your programs, thinking about the ways you're going to celebrate and have fun with your leaders. The leaders you have are not forever. So don't wait around until they're gone to recruit more, to encourage, to train up. Like recruiting leaders is a weekly and monthly task. There is not a season of, well, I guess I better go find people. Like this is one of the diligent tasks of being charged with leading a ministry. You should always be on the lookout, always ready to receive and always thoughtful and anticipating the needs your ministry will have if you want it to grow. Don't just fill the gaps or like cover the holes, but recruit and grow in the ways in which uh, are anticipatory. You've got got to think about the things before they happen, and you've got to have people ready and incoming for those that will eventually be outgoing. And this is the part, I think, of really maximizing your volunteers, giving them good seasons, defining the expectations and celebrating them that will help. Uh, grow you to maximize an entire volunteer system that will revolutionize your youth ministry. Zach and myself get the opportunity each and every week to, um, to speak into your lives as you speak into the lives of your leaders who speak into the lives of your students. We are eternally grateful that you uh, tune in each week for many of our listeners that are here with this each and every week. And if this is your first time um, ever to uh, to check out After Nine, we're thankful for, that you're here. Um, in the same way that we hope that you tell um, your leaders how valuable they are, um, we want to just tell you and remind you of how valuable you are. That God has placed you in the ministry, that he has you for this time and for these reasons. We know it's frustrating. We know it's hard. We know sometimes it's really fun. Hang in there. Do good work. And we love you. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more. 